And one thing for you, be aware that it looks like you're coming in a little bit hotter. Gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Raj Nation Innovations Discover Your Inner Awesome Podcast. My name is Rajiv Nathan, aka the Raj Nation. I am your show's host, the founder of Raj Nation Innovation, as well as a hip hop artist and a yoga instructor. Above all else, I am a storyteller. And I am joined by my co host, Victoria Cohen. Victoria is the voice behind the blog almondsandasana.com. She is a fellow yogi and a community activist focused on helping you make lifestyle choices that positively impact you and the people you serve. This is Discover Your Inner Awesome, the only show where you get to eavesdrop on conversations with entrepreneurs, artists, and musicians about the stories, the journeys, the struggles, but most importantly, the questions. The questions that help creative thinkers like you and I better understand who we are, what we're doing, and how we can do it better. Is real talk with real people doing real big things to uncover the real side of success. Now, before we dive into today's conversation, I would like to extend an invitation if you are not a member already. Join our tribe by going to discoveryourinnerawesome.com. Enter your email address there, and you will never miss another episode of the show, getting a notification in your inbox every single Monday when we launch a new episode. You'll also get my stories, advice, and tips throughout the month on how you as a startup can make your pitch a performance. All right, let's dive in now to our conversation on today's episode of Discover Your Inner Awesome. Welcome, everybody, to Discover Your Inner Awesome. Today on the show, we have Rob Cressy. Rob is the founder of Bacon Sports Media. He is a content creator extraordinaire, a sports fanatic, and I think a bacon fanatic, too. Rob, thank you for joining us today. Super excited to have, or super excited to be on the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're not used to We're being to the be one interviewed, too. right? Because yeah, you have exactly. your own podcast. I'm usually on the other side. <laughs> so, Rob, our topic today is how do you build brand awareness? And I know you're, I would more or less call you a master in this in brand awareness. So why is this on your mind and why is this important to you? Because the opposite of awareness is obscurity. And when you're trying to build a brand, it's really people don't know that you exist. So how do you get people to know that you exist is to make them more aware that you, you exist. So how do you do that? For me, it's you do it in multiple ways on multiple platforms all the time. So I very much, being a creator, believe in multi-channel content. So I'm going to create original content for every social platform, and then I'm going to do it in article, video, podcast, event, apparel, like as many different ways that I can create a positive brand interaction to increase the awareness is what my mindset is going to be. Because if my audience is hypothetically speaking, uh, on listening to podcasts, then there's an opportunity for me as a brand to create awareness there. So uh, I'm always looking, where's the opportunity? Where's the opportunity? Because for me, awareness is about growth. Now, We've probably had, I think, maybe one or two conversations in the past prior to this. This is our first time meeting in person. We are here in... IRL. Yeah, IRL. This is the 1871 podcast studio we're recording in. And very recently, like, you posted a video just explaining your why. And you were just sitting in this 
booth here with the camera facing you and you had some like cool music behind it. And I think I commented then on the post and I believe it like it was the most like action packed or just sitting in a chair video I've ever watched because you had this like theme music behind it too. And I think Victoria, you could probably guess already just in knowing Rob for like five minutes, he's got a very like high energy personality. He's always bringing it. And not in like a cheesy way whatsoever. It's it's very you. So if we dial it all the way back, is this the same Rob growing up, or did you like develop this boisterous personality that just kind of always has this energy? I am a completely different person from six years ago, but the core of me and my love of sports is the same. So the evolution has been on, let's call it the personal development side, when I decided that I was going to go all in at living my dreams of working in sports and being a creator, that's when a switch flipped. And I'm not going to say that I took my life more seriously. I just approached it in a different view, which is where the, the awareness thing sort of came from is I understood that when you go all in, you're now purpose driven and you're living it intentionally. So that video of my why, it, it really came from the core of why do I do what I do? It's because we all have the opportunity to build the life of our dreams and I'm giving that a shot and so many people don't give it a shot. And when you give it a shot, you live differently and then you start to see things of almost like building yourself as your own business athlete. I, I never understood why we admire professional athletes so much, but then the skills that make them so successful, everyone's like, oh, I don't want to work to do these things. <laughs> like, it's, it's cool to watch these great players. So for me, it was very much a maturation of seeing where I can get better and emulating success. Um, I, w I didn't always have this big personality. Actually, if you ask my parents, uh, I'm the quietest of my I have two sisters. It's because I had two sisters and a mom and a dad, and it was just like a household of just noise. I would love to be <laughs> at that Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> so for me... It was like my parents never knew that all my friends were like, oh, my God, Rob is this huge personality. And they're like, we see none of that. <laughs> and I've just learned to harness it in the right ways and use that to try and uh, increase my own awareness but provide value for others as well by telling the story of my journey. Mm -hmm. That's really funny. I actually like totally identify with that. I am like a very fast talker and I can sometimes talk loud and especially once I have my espresso in the morning I'm like real quick and my husband's like slow down um and a lot of people say that about me too or you know I've gotten that feedback like I'm definitely kind of a more high energy person um but I also have a family who's all very much like that and who's all we're always all talking over each other and so it's funny because I don't think that they would necessarily see me as the most sort of you know loud or outspoken person in the family either so it's kind of funny how that can happen yeah, very much so. And Raj, I think one thing that you would appreciate with a comedy background is even though I didn't think about this at the time and I'm learning it now, you do learn to listen more when you're sitting in the background and you're just letting everything happen to you now. As I'm getting older and I'm starting to observe, let's just call it the interaction between other people. I've started to become more present at letting things happen in front of me instead of always jumping in and interjecting with something. And it's a very difficult skill to learn, but I find that I get a lot more enjoyment out of just observing the way that other people are doing things. Mm -hmm. So 
You're the quieter one of the family. Then you, and, and where did you grow up? Uh, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay, Pittsburgh. Steel City. Do you feel that as you grew up, like, did you take on any of the characteristics that I guess Pittsburgh is known for? Blue collar, work ethic, um, nose to the grindstone, that type of stuff? So, really, it comes from my love of sports is because of two things. One, being raised in Pittsburgh. Two, a love of Michael Jordan. My mom's side of the family is from Chicago. And the... Pittsburgh didn't have a basketball team. So being an 80s kid, it's like no basketball team, but I loved playing basketball. So my default was I love Michael Jordan because I've got the family ties here. So I experienced when I was 11, the Pittsburgh Penguins went back-to-back Stanley Cup with Mario Lemieux and Yammer Yager. At the same time, Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls won six NBA titles in eight years. So all of a sudden, me, this sports fan, just exploded in no joke the reason I am the way I am today why I'm on this path why I've built Bacon Sports and Bacon Sports Media is because of my love of sports and that started at an early age of we didn't have internet and computers and things so we were riding bikes playing basketball and rundown and all of these different things and the blue collar nature My dad uh, owned a car wash, and I was always mowing the lawns, shoveling things. I've worked literally my entire life. So uh, even though I've never really thought about where does my work ethic come, it was instilled in me. I've worked since I was probably 13, uh, and that's actually... I think I pride myself on my work ethic now because I never want to have a regret for why did something not happen, knowing that the one thing that you can always control is the amount of effort that you put forward towards something. So the love of sports is what, is what starts to drive you. You end up going to Miami University in Ohio. You get a bachelor's degree in marketing there. And then you start working in marketing right out of that. Where do you feel, so you had, you had the car wash, the mowing lawns experience, and that I think is like a good like entrepreneurial starter point. Where do you feel in your own journey the more like formalized entrepreneurship really started to begin? Was there, was there like a club you did in college or was it out of college starting businesses? No. So it was actually when I was 26 years old. I believe uh, I was doing digital advertising sales. Uh, I randomly got into the industry somehow. And the, actual, the answer is because it was a shorter commute and I got <laughs> the job because my email address was the Ohio Steeler fan at yahoo.com. <laughs> and the guy who interviewed me was a Steelers fan, even though he lived in Cincinnati. I was not qualified whatsoever, <laughs> but I got to the interview and he was like, oh, I'm giving you this because of the your email address. And we talked about <laughs> Pittsburgh sports for an hour to the point where he finally said, all right, we need actually need to talk about this. And day one when I showed up, I actually didn't know what I was going to do. But as I started to learn about digital advertising, I, I started to see that there was the publisher side and then there was the advertiser and all you had to do is connect the two. And I was like, well, I can also do that on my own on the side in a non-conflicting way. And that's when I started my own LLC, which was the original Crest Media, and I started an online ad sales brokerage where I essentially was a middleman making a 20% cut, making mailbox money with very little effort. That's that's not a bad way to go about it. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned the interview thing because I, the job I had out of, I got out of college, the it, I mean, it was a different scenario where, like, I definitely think I was very qualified for it, and it was something I knew what I would be doing uh, and a job I really wanted. But the interview, 
the guy who was interviewing me who would become my manager, he saw on my resume like towards the bottom that I hosted this sports talk radio show in, in, at college. And 95% of the interview was just talking about, like, like he was like from Detroit and a Tigers fan. And he, we were just talking about, like, what are the Tigers' prospects of winning the World Series that year? So it's funny how, and I think this is like a good um, almost starter point in this idea of brand awareness of, like, telling people what you like and what you're into can create very strong connections where you might not have any other point of reference. And that you might not realize is going to be the thing that gets you the job or that gets you that connection or that introduces you to the right person because you just don't happen to know ahead of time that you're going to have those same interests. But I think to your point, like really putting out there what you're passionate about and what you're about and being like very clear about that can be really helpful. So it's about authenticity and specificity. If you're going to look at it, it's like, this is authentically me and I'm going to talk about the things. And I've actually got an actionable tip that the listener can use that will absolutely work for them. And being in sales, I was trying to figure out ways to build rapport. So I was like, well, you know what? In your When you shoot emails out, there's always opportunities for you to create these positive brain interactions, but how do you do it if someone doesn't know you? So at the bottom, I created this thing called fact about me of the day. And every day I would put a different fact about me. So it could be something like, uh, I don't like pickles or I've run with the bulls in Spain or uh, I believe in aliens or I'm a Steelers fan or I made 50 free throws yesterday, whatever it is. And you're like, well, why in the world do you do that? Because one, no one else is doing it. And two, it's a glimpse into who you are. And in numerous occasions, I've had someone respond back to me. The number one uh, response I ever got was I put, I would never buy anything from Jared because their commercials are awful. <laughs> and I got like eight responses in one day specific to just that. And the second one was I put, I want to go cage diving with sharks in the CMO of a company that I'd sent the email to says, I just got back from my honeymoon cage diving with sharks and it was fantastic. So <laughs> if you want to do it in a very simple way and it really makes you think to yourself, well, tell me, start thinking about things about a fact about you of the day. And you're like, Oh, this will be easy. You get through like 10 and then you're like, uh, what else do I do? Yeah. <laughs> so for you, Raj, you can put, uh, I'm wearing a Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels shirt right now because I used to love wrestling growing up. Used to and still do. Yeah. <laughs> if clarify. you were to send that email to me, I would be like, holy smokes, I love this dude. And that's what you're really looking for is finding these ways. And I want to do business with like-minded people. And sometimes all you need is a Kickstarter to be like, oh man, this is how they get down. Use it. It will 100% work. I'm going to try that today, actually, with my outbound emails. I like that, I like that a lot. And just put it in your signature too. at the very bottom. Yeah. It's, it's super, it just, yeah. it's there. Well, it's interesting because, so, in addition to yoga and some of the teaching that I do, I have a blog and I am, you know, on Instagram all day long and, um, you know, working on building my personal brand. And 100% the times that I get the most engagement, whether it's on stories or a post, is when I am just very raw about, like, something specific or when like I see tr more traffic to my blog when I specifically tease something out that's like a personal thing that I'm only you know that I'm going to be sharing there um, and then that's when I get people like I now have this like terrible SI joint thing going on in my pregnancy and the part my husband keeps being like stop complaining about it to people they're getting annoyed and I'm like so many women keep responding to me being like I had the same thing during pregnancy this is what I did this is what I did and like 
you just never know what kind of random specific thing you're going to put out there that people relate to. Yeah, it comes down to relatability. That's all we want because there's so much, let's call it megaphone marketing out there that says, look at what I'm doing. But instead, even back to my why, it's like, this is who this person is and I can relate to where that's coming from. Mm -hmm. So you've got Crest Media, which is the the, the ad brokerage. You're making this mailbox money. You also decide to do this thing uh, called the Show Me the Money Show. How does that come about? And, and can, let our listeners know what is Show Me the Money, and then how did and how did it come about? So this is let's fast forward maybe eight years. So I've quit my digital ad sales job where I've been successful, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to live my dreams of working in sports and being a creator. If I don't do so, I would regret it for the rest of my life. So. I'm pitching myself, finding any way just to try and get leads, get conversations to prove uh, that I belong and that I can do this. So amazingly, it was on Upwork that there was a posting for Daily Fantasy Sports something. It wasn't necessarily a host. And I've, I've played fantasy sports since I've been 15. It's just a segment of sports. So I love it. But I was very cognizant that Daily Fantasy Sports is very involved because it's very micro nature. So I actually turned the opportunity down. I was like, listen, I know what, what you're looking for, but it's just more involved than than I'm willing to do. I don't have that skill set as of yet. And that actually uh, piqued their interest. They said, no, we really want you to do this. I was like, all right, so if you're willing to do this. And what it ended up being was they were launching a daily fantasy sports analytics platform so to help players better succeed on FanDuel and DraftKings they would say based on our algorithms we know that whatever Giancarlo Stanton is going to be a good play for his value right now Mm -hmm. so the way that they were going to promote what they were doing was by creating a daily fantasy sports show live streaming five days a week to talk about that day's DFS I'd never hosted anything before in my life. I'd never created a show. Uh, I ended up building a home studio in my guest bedroom with green screen. Uh, we had live streaming capabilities. I ended up then finding a co-host, uh, Rachel Brady, who was I randomly was introduced to from a friend. They met in a bar, and she was super talented, uh, sideline reporting background. And the thought process was, When I looked at the daily fantasy sports industry, it was very homogenous. The content looked like it was a dude in his mom's basement. And I was like, I can't relate to that. Like my friends and I don't get down like that. So I wanted to bring in a female co-host and mix together pop culture and sports knowledge in a fun and engaging way. And we ended up doing that for a year and change of essentially building a community of daily fantasy sports fans who cared about being part of our show. And that was the key was including them in it instead of megaphone culture being like, boom, what do you think? We'll include you real time. We were doing it. And that was my first foray into let's call it show hosting and creating shows. And it sounds like that was the segue or the, the entry point into bacon sports media, which is this combination of comedic tilt with sports marketing, right? 100%. What I've, 
always felt on the marketing and the content side is everything is the exact same and it never resonated with me. When brands were marketing to me, I was like, I just don't feel the connection like if we're chopping it up at the bar. And I was like, that voice and marketing fundamentals of including others and building community and making it fun. And I was like, well, I've already done that for my own brand. Why don't I now start doing that for other brands? Because I know it would be successful. And that has been the philosophy of how I've built Bacon Sports Media and the brands that I work with. I say, listen, if you want to increase your awareness, uh, get more revenue, customers, growth, this is the way that we do things. So we're going to do it multi-channel content in multiple ways in a fun and engaging way. With Bacon Sports then, so... Who are some of the brands you've had the opportunity to work with and what types of, let's call them activations, have you been able to do with them? So one that I'm very proud of is I sold a sponsorship to my bachelor party to the eight NASCAR's agency. <laughs> Just so happens I had like the loosest of loose relationships with NASCAR's agency. I did nothing NASCAR, but they hit me up and they, they were building this micro site where they're trying to create different content around NASCAR. And I, I came up with the idea. I was like, well, I've been to a NASCAR race before and it's awesome, but my friends never have, but I know it'd be super fun. So I pitched to the agency that I wanted to show how fun and accessible NASCAR could be by documenting my bachelor party. And amazingly, they said yes and gave us access to pit road. We rode in the pace car before the race and then ended up making it down into uh, Victory Lane when Jimmy Johnson won the race and we got on Sports Center. <laughs> 12 of us there. So uh, it was a way of telling the story of NASCAR differently. So the way that I think is. Oh, there's NASCAR. It's, it's Jeff Gordon, SEC fan. But the reality is they let you bring coolers into the races. It's tons of fun. There's good food. It's like literally, it's like going to Wrigley in the bleachers, mm -hmm. except instead of baseball, it's NASCAR. <laughs> so we did that. Uh, I recently got done with a project. Another agency's client was the Major League Baseball Players Association, and they wanted to, or they have a new app called Infield Chatter, where it was a baseball players only app with the fans. All they were talking about is baseball, and they wanted to increase downloads of the app as well as build community. And similar to Show Me the Money, which actually ended up being uh, me showing them that I've done this before. They wanted to create a twice-a-day baseball video show that was two to three minutes that was real-time sports, but it was fun and entertainment and pop culture-based, not stat-based. Mm. So last year, we did that over three and a half months and created 140 short-form videos, which they then put on social, but then also put on their app as a way of engaging and building their community. Wow. That's super cool. Wish I'd thought of that for my bachelorette. <laughs> I mean, not NASCAR specifically, but getting someone to sponsor it. That's well, now, cool. I, whenever I get married, I got that in, yeah, the, back, I got that got in my that. back pocket now. I'll, actually, I'll hire Rob to find a sponsor. <laughs> Yours is going to be wrestling related. Though. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> okay. So, um, all this stuff is, what I'm hearing is a lot of like, personality coming across in this and, and trying to connect on a more personal level. When we talk about this topic of building brand awareness, I, like, like authenticity is obviously part of it. You mentioned specificity as well, which is one of my favorite words. It's really fun to say, specificity. Um, 
Is it just a fake word that's supposed to be specific? Who knows? The dictionary. It's not fake. (laughs) Um, One of the things that I have been bouncing back and forth on over the last couple months is how do you create this awareness while also, you know, it's like you have the company brand and you have the personal brand and you want both to be put out there. But you know, I'll talk to a lot of founders who are worried about, like, well, I mean, it's about the company at the end of the day. I don't want it to be driven by my personality. Then, you know, then it becomes an uninvestable business, and so on and so forth. So, how do you juxtapose against that concept of there's your personal brand, and your company brand, and you're trying to build both? It's been one of the biggest struggles of the last six years for me. So, for the first, I don't know, four years. It was Bacon Sports and Rob Cressy were synonymous with each other. I'm Mr. Bacon, and by sheer action, I just continue to do and do and do and have a community mindset where I'm like, come on, everyone, come on in, be a part of what we're doing, but I'm promoting it on my personal account as well as on the Bacon Sports account, so it was very much people are like, I don't understand what you do, like, What's the difference between you and this brand? And that's why I actually uh, started Bacon Sports Media so that I didn't send brands to a sports blog. So it was literally, I want to take this and take the exact same concept of what we do of content creation, community building, brand awareness, and do this for other brands. So I'm going to put this in a different silo to make that bucket a little bit easier. Say hello to Bacon Sports Media. Then people are like, I really don't understand what in the world you do because you've got Bacon Sports here. (laughs) You've got Rob Cressy, who's hosting three different podcasts here. And then you've got Bacon Sports Media over here. And all of them are one degree away from each other. And the, the challenge was... I get it because, one, I'm building it, but people are used to there being boxes and ways to do things. And I've never believed in that, that this is my journey and right or wrong, this is how I'm doing it. And it sort of makes sense to me that we've built a sports fan community, so what better way to help other brands engage sports fans than to work with the brand that's already done what they're looking to do? So we take that, and then naturally I'm going to be a megaphone for everything that I do. So it's it's a challenge, and right now I'm actually working on removing myself from the equation. And I think this is something that has to happen over time for each individual, that I invested so heavily in the brand of Bacon Sports, then I said, all right, now that we've built something that's established, I'm going to remove myself and start working on the brand of Rob because if Bacon Sports can keep plowing forward, if I'm not involved in that, that's cool. But now let's start working on my own brand equity, which will naturally have a trickle effect to everything else that I do. So it's a challenge. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to it because everyone wants this element of clarity, but it's it's not an exact answer. Or it's not an exact question to do because naturally we're going to talk about the things that we do in a business sense. Yeah, that's interesting. So I, so my, like, I, I'm trying to think of how to say this. I feel like what I'm working on right now is like, it's all very personal. It's not really like a business outside of myself that I'm developing, but I have like a 
name on Instagram that is not my name. My Instagram ham- handle is Almonds and Asana because I blog about like yoga and food. Um, it's not Victoria Cohen. But I kind of am sort of wondering like how, I don't know, like eventually how those two things, like if I just become known as Almonds and Asana or do I still have my name, you know, like how that kind of identity thing works out. Yo, Almonds, uh, what up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just, it's kind of weird. Like, I, I mean, this is like a whole new ball game for me, so... I don't know how that will play. I think out. you I think you embrace it. It's think about how many brands that we consume that there's no face to. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the fundamentals to me that I never understood with other brands that the brands don't give people a reason to care and connect. At least with you, even if there's this, hey, am I Victoria or am I Almonds? But at least people who are following you with Almonds say, boom, I know exactly who's running this. Right. And now there's a heartbeat to the brand. And that, for me, is the key to one of the keys to awareness is having a brand heartbeat because we have so many choices now for where we're going to give our attention and time and money. And it's finding the brands that connect with you on a deeper level where you can actually look in that person's eyes and you're like, man, I know we talk about almonds every day, but today's not a great day or insert, insert whatever in that authenticity, which we go back to is what will help your brand grow. Yeah. For me personally, like I decided almost a couple of years ago that, uh, or a year and a half ago that like, I'm going to go all in on the Raj nation brand. It was like a name I like toyed around with for a while. Like the whole reason I have Raj nation as like the thing is because when I created a Twitter account in like 2009 or 2010, that was the time when in sports, everyone was like, if you're a fan of something, you're part of like ESPN Nation or Cubs Nation or Red Sox Nation. So I was just like, all right, well, if you follow me on Twitter, you're part of the Raj Nation. And it worked because my last name is Nathan. So there's the, the play on words there. <laughs> and then, but, but like, even though I had that as my Twitter, like my rapper side of me, my rap name was phonetic um, from the time I started rapping in high school until a little over a year ago, a year and a half ago when I decided, let me go all in on the Raj Nation brand. And what I found, and then I had like, my previous business was called Idea Lemon with the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast, which is what we're recording now. And then I was like, okay, there's too many different entities going on here. Let me reconcile all of this because I may rap as a name phonetic, but not one person has ever called me phonetic unless it's in like a sarcastic tone. And I don't even ever, ever introduce myself as that. What I have had, just naturally from the Twitter stuff, is actual friends being like, Raj Nation, how's it going? And that, all, that carried its own momentum. So I was like, okay. So the new business, which I started a year and a half ago, supporting startups and their pitch and their branding, their story development, Raj Nation Innovation. Rhymes, it makes sense. The music, my rap name, becomes Raj Nation, and then you just build the music as Raj Nation Records. Yoga teaching, Raj Nation Yoga and Meditation, also rhyming, right? And for me, it's just like the, almost like how you have like Sears Holdings Company, which owns Sears and Kmart and Land's End, which is a bad example because they suck overall as a brand. <laughs> but, uh, but from a parent company. Yes, but it's like, it's like, for me, it's like Raj Nation is like the holding corp, and then I have these things underneath that feed into it. Now, where I'm currently struggling is in, and perhaps I made a mistake in naming it after myself, but how do I grow up beyond myself? Mm. And this is, and I'm, I'm curious to get your insight on this, Rob, because you had Crest Media, which was named after you. Then you had Bacon Sports and now Bacon Sports Media. So did you feel like you had to remove your name from the equation to get to that 
extraction point? I wanted brand alignment. So I think that was the simplest thing is that Bacon Sports, the name words, hey, what's up, Mr. Bacon? Like all of these same thing that you were seeing with Raj Nation. I experienced the same way and it just aligned more. It made sense in the flow of it. We've got Bacon Sports, the sports comedy blog and community. And then you've got Bacon Sports Media, the content creation side of what we do, where we work with brands and agencies to help them increase revenue, customers, whatever. So it just aligns a lot more to the brand. And really, Crest Media, I already had the LLC. I already had the website. So it's, it, it was just a natural thing for me just to, I actually rebranded what was the online ad sales brokerage and be like, all right, well, I've already had this thing going for so long. Let's just make it this, not knowing I didn't know where this was going to go. For the first three years of Bacon Sports, I was under a publishing model. I wanted to build what was, what would be now a version of Barstool Sports and going all in on just great content. But the publishing industry changed, where as you're seeing with the number of layoffs of these giant media companies, where it's just significantly harder for them to monetize what they're doing. So that's when I saw the opportunity to say, well, let's try and do this a different way where we can still create via a love of sports. And oh, by the way, we're still going to continue to organically build our community and the content. We're just going to do things backwards in the way that everybody else does it. So I've got a question because, again, since I'm in this position where, so my background is engineering. I worked in supply chain. I did do like a short, I worked for Pepsi for a number of years. I did do a short stint in a year or so in shopper marketing. So I have a little bit of background in it, but like not really. Um, So this past like year and a half of kind of going out and building my own brand has been like just me learning how to do that kind of from scratch and figuring it out, um, which has been great. I've learned a ton. Um, But one thing that I have like been really hesitant about is like coming up with a logo and really like just constantly putting out there like what you know that sort of like brand image and I really want to do it but I'm really scared like one because I just don't have an idea of like what I want that you know that face that that logo or whatever it is to look like but also because I don't know it like it's just it's kind of like an intimidating thing but how much do you advocate doing that I mean I would imagine. You do. So there's a quote from Jamie Foxx. It was on the Tim Ferriss podcast. You know what's on the other side of fear? Nothing. (laughs) So in the grand scheme of things, you should plow forward with everything almost as fast as you can. Mm -hmm. And I'm learning that right now. And even back to the why video, I don't feel comfortable doing a large majority of the things that I do. And certainly, Raj, you understand this from the comedy side of things. It's like, oh, are you naturally, are you cool just getting up on stage? You're like, I'm not always like this. Like, creating videos about my why or inspiring other people. Like, it doesn't come natural, but you do it. And there's another quote from Steve Harvey that says, the dream has to be bigger than the fear. So if you hold, you're like, oh, man, I don't know, dot, dot, dot. But then you say, but why am I doing this? And you're like, oh, but that that dream inside of you. And is is this logo right or wrong going to dictate the success of your company? No. So the, the sooner that you can be like, boom, I'm all in on this moving forward, the faster that you can start talking about how do I get sponsorships with these larger companies and start growing your brand. Mm-hmm. And these things oftentimes you have to learn on your own 
And for me, it's why live in action is one of the, the mottos that I live by is I still have things go in my head, loops and loops and loops. I was like, do I call this Bacon Sports Media, Bacon Sports Agency, Bacon Sports Social? Do I put this all under Bacon Sports? Like these things just flow. <laughs> bacon, your- bacon, bacon, bacon. But guess what? There's no right or wrong answer. And it's all in our head. Mm-hmm. So I would prefer to say, choose choose what you want and be like, you know what, this is how I get down. Go to 99designs or anything. Mm-hmm. And you can even just write down the steps. What do it te- take for me to get a logo? Well, what do I want in it? Go find a designer. Boom, it's up and running now. You're like, oh, that wasn't so ha- so hard. Now you rinse and repeat every time that happens in your life. So a logo may go into, now I've got a website to what do I name the podcast, to all of these different decisions. And then moving forward, you're like, oh, I already experienced this with the logo. I know to be more decisive in what I want to do because there's no wrong or right answer on this that whatever you want is the right decision. Yeah, I like that. It kind of rings back to the conversation we had a couple episodes ago with Daniela Bolzman about the idea of building legit prototypes and MVPs. It's like the same concept applied here. It's like get something out the door so that way you have something to build off of instead of staying in the whole like perfection paralysis mode. A couple last things I want to touch on here before we begin to wrap up, Rob. Tactically, so for the startup founder, um, you've chosen to work in sports, right? And I would say traditionally the sports, the business side of the sports world is hard to tap into. It's hard to like find the right connections. It's hard to get their attention, etc. So what advice can you give from that perspective, whether it's reaching out to sports or not? But I mean, you mentioned before the email signature thing, but is there anything else around getting past this, A, just like the, the notion or the perception around, oh, it's a hard to reach industry, therefore I can't, and then B, I can and here's how I can do it. You're welcome to tell me any easy industry (laughs) because insert whatever you want and someone's going to be like, oh my God, CPG is so hard. Oh my God, health and beauty. So there is no easy industry because all that is is an excuse because at the core of it, you still have to execute a business. You're going to run into the same challenges of who do you know? Do people know who you are? And then creating the different ways. So remove the excuse because this is something I actually dealt with as we speak right now. It was with the the site redesign that I'm doing, do I make bacon sports media sports specific or general? Because the skills that we've got from a content creation and digital strategy standpoint are 85% the same no matter the industry. So you could be like, Rob, help me build my brand with almonds. I'd be like, I can do that in two seconds because all I have to do is customize the top 15%. But at the end of the day, I thought to myself, well, you can either be a specialist or a generalist. And I was like, I didn't come this way just to be a generalist that I want to find my opportunity to be great. And this is it. And adversity is going to be there the entire way, no matter what you do. So do it your way. And in terms of advice, this is this goes back to the awareness side of things. I want to meet as many people as humanly possible in as many different ways. You're like, well, I don't have enough time. Well, remove that excuse because we all have the same amount of time. You can wake up earlier. I wake up at 5.22 a.m. every single morning. Why? Because I will never have the excuse that I didn't work hard enough to make my dreams happen. So uh, on Shark Tank, Mark Cuban had a quote that stuck with me so much. And he was telling a woman why he would not invest in her company. And he said, 
I don't believe that you're willing to do whatever it takes to succeed. And after hearing that, I was like, crap. <laughs> because we all know in our head what we are or aren't doing. It's our own self-accountability. So you say, all right, I'm all in on making this happen. Now it's like, all right, there's so many things to do from an awareness standpoint. So for me on a content and social side, it's like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, YouTube, email list, website, articles, videos, podcasts, live streaming, like, holy smokes, that's that's a lot of things to do. Well, guess what? You can either be average or you can be great. If you're going to start your own business, this is not the easy road that you decided to take. Because of that, you say, you know what? Let's do this. So you either find people who can do those things or you're going to do them yourself. And for me, when I started in the foundation of the brand, I learned how to do everything. I didn't know how to podcast. I didn't know how to use Photoshop. I didn't know audio editing. I didn't know how to throw events. I didn't know how to do live streaming. Uh, I had a sales background, but it wasn't in sports. Like everything that you hear and see today, six years ago, was at zero absolute zero so you got to have a learning mindset never stop learning and then from there find as many different ways that you can tell your brand story and you're like oh rob but i'm not a host like you are well guess what you got to get get that out of your mind because all you gotta do is turn your phone on go on instagram stories and be like hey what's up this is rob and i'm recording a podcast with victoria and raj right now boom check this out now you're starting to tell your story you're increasing the awareness and then you say all right well how many different ways can i do that well you can take that video and you can throw that bad boy on facebook if you wanted you can throw that on youtube and now you can start to use multi-purpose content so take one story can that be 10 pieces of content it can. Now you're starting to say, how many different ways can I do it? Now you put it in your newsletter. So after that, you need to create the structure behind it. And this is the biggest thing that people fail at is the lack of structure. So we just mentioned 11 things in this sea of awareness. So what you need to do then is write it all down and create a strategy for each one of these things. And you don't need to make it overwhelming. Just do one thing. So I would start by saying, if you're at zero, commit to yourself and say, I'm going to make one post a day on one platform. And then once you do that, you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Great. Now create two posts a day, then three posts a day. And now all of a sudden, then you say, I'm going to reach out to one other person today. I'm going to reach out to two other people. Now you're just starting this, this list of habits, and that's how awareness builds. The next thing you know, you're like, holy smokes, I have a newsletter, a website, a podcast, all of these things, and it happens one day and one moment at a time. Mm-hmm. Two things I want to point out out of that, and then we'll wrap up, is to the most recent point you made there, just like the incremental gains is something that I've found a lot. It's helped me a lot, not even in just content creation, but in... Like, for instance, yesterday I was going through a list. You know, I, I look at like startups, you know, really around the country, and I like pull the list off of crunchbase.com about a particular industry or whatever. And I'm going through and I'm like getting the email address, you know, looking up email addresses for these different companies. And I know I have to like, you know, finish my work day at a certain point, right? Because I have to be somewhere to go to the softball game at night. But I'm like, Okay, I'm going to keep doing this until I, I I had like hit my, I was like, I need to get through 30 today. But then I was like, I got my 30 and I was like, I'm going to keep going until I hit a company that I'm like, okay, that's not my industry now. So I'm, and that's my stopping point. And you end up getting like four, five, six more. And then it's, it's just, and that's six more in that one day compounds because I'm doing six more every day, right? That's what, potentially 30 more in a week. 
the other point you made about average and great, which I really liked, and it's something that I've thought about recently. Over thought about a lot over the last year or so, and I've been when I talk to like students interested in entrepreneurship, I've been sharing this lesson with them is. The standard for starting a business is failure, right? Nine out of 10 fail. So if the standard is failure, you have to be doing whatever it takes to not fail. You can't assume the normal effort is going to get you success because the normal effort, in fact, 90% of the time will result in failure. So you have to take the 10% mindset and go, you know, always ask yourself, am I really working hard enough? And it's something that I have to ask my, I have to like check myself in on a lot. Am I really doing what I can be doing here? Am I working smart? Am I working hard enough? On a daily basis. Yeah. This isn't just like, oh, I thought of it this month. Like literally every single morning, I have to reprime myself for success because that's what it takes. And the word, the two words would be massive action, like literally nonstop. I, I have a quote that I've written down on my whiteboard. I work on the weekends so I can do what I want during the week. So, like, literally Saturday and Sunday, like, I have not taken a day off for, like, six years, whether it's mentally or thinking about this right. thing. It's all-consuming. Like, how can you do that? Because it's what you want to do. This isn't TPS reports. This is you building the world in your image. <laughs> so, to wrap up then, um, or before we wrap up, can you let our listeners know where they can find you? You're obviously on a lot of platforms, but where they can they find you and Bacon Sports, et cetera? Yeah, for sure. You can check us out, uh, baconsportsmedia.com for the content creation side of things. Or if you're a big sports fan, uh, baconsports.com or at Bacon Sports on all platforms. Uh, for me personally, on Twitter, at Rob Cressy or Instagram. Instagram at Rob underscore Cressy. Uh, and then I've got uh, the Rob Cressy Show podcast, the Sports Marketing Huddle podcast, and the Bacon Sports podcast. And you even recently had the founder of ESPN on the Sports Huddle podcast. I did. And let that be inspiration to why you should start a podcast. Because instead of sending a cold email pitch being like, oh, I want to do business with you. Instead, you offer up something of value. You say, hey, I've got this podcast. Would love to have you come on and share some thought leadership. I know our audience would love it. I have an 85% success rate of getting almost anybody I want on a podcast. Because if you don't ask, the answer is always no. <laughs> To wrap up, then, we'll go one by one and give our answer to today's question based on the conversation. There's a lot packed into this, so I'm curious to hear each of our answers. We'll start with Victoria, then me, then Rob. So, Victoria, how do you build brand awareness? So, I think the two things that I've taken out of this that are things that I already know I need to do, but just, you know, reinforced here. Um, one, just going for it. And sort of overcoming overcoming that fear and being like, I'm doing this because I want to be doing this, so I might as well just like go all in and not hold back. And two, setting that strategy. Um, I think that's been something that I struggle with for sure, especially at the beginning. If you're like a content creator, which is what I'm doing, you are just like, I need to just be creating and get stuff out the door. But now that I've been doing it for like a solid year and I and I, and I have discovered that I can create content and do it in a, in a pretty good way, that I just need to be more strategic about where am I putting it? Why am I putting it there? You know, who else am I reaching out to to collaborate with and all of those kinds of things. My answer for how do you build brand awareness? Oh, man, how do I compact this into a simple thought? Um, I think one of the key things, I really liked right off the bat, you said the opposite of awareness is obscurity. So I'm, I'm taking that line to heart. Um, but for how do you build it? 
I think it's really a matter of being willing to, at least at the start, to put your story out there, even if you're stumbling through it, even if it's not perfect, because um, that's how you ultimately find your voice. I mean, I know for me personally, it. I used to hate doing anything on video because I was just like, oh, like, get this phone out of my face, that kind of stuff. And I still don't love doing like, let me just live stream for the sake of talking into a camera because I'm like, I have like a technology deficiency in that sense, but... Now, like, it's not a problem for me to throw up a video of me, like, rapping about something random. It's not a problem for me to throw up a video on LinkedIn of talking about 60 seconds, hey, SaaS companies, here's a technique you can use to reduce customer churn. Because there were just these little things I did beforehand. Like, for me, like, two years ago, I started doing, like, 15-second, 20-second Instagram videos where I'd be doing a yoga pose while rapping. And that was like step one. And I, if you look, if you go back to them, you can see me like really like struggling to breathe by the end of them. And then now if I do them, I can actually get through it and maintain a normal breath because it's like, okay, I had the experience and I built it up. And now I'm even like creating business wise, like rap video, rap business videos or spoken word poem business videos to do something different in the business world only because, or not only, but largely because I started somewhere a couple of years ago and got comfortable with it and comfortable with and established a voice in the process. Rob, how do you build brand awareness? You've got to give people a reason to look forward to hearing back from you again. And for that, having a mindset of delivering value, uh, being fun and engaging, and community-driven. You can't just be a one-note brand. You have to say, what are the different ways that people can engage with us and what different things that we have because you're more than just a product. There's people there, there's messages, there's whys. So you've got to give people a reason to look forward to hearing from you. And then when you do that, take massive action and do that everywhere that you can and don't ever stop, ever. Rob Cressy, thank you for bringing the energy and the optimism this morning. Absolutely love this. You guys are fantastic. That wrapped up our conversation. Did you, the listener, enjoy this episode? If so, the best compliment you can give us is a rating and review on iTunes. Ratings and reviews help more people find the show. Therefore, more people get to discover their inner awesome. While you're leaving that review, go ahead and subscribe to the show on whatever platform it is you listen, whether that is iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or the various other podcasting platforms in which you can find the show. For full show notes, references, and resources from this episode, you can grab it all at discoveryourinnerawesome.com. Also, check out our 100-plus episode archive while you're there. Whole lot of awesome for you to dig into. That'll do it for this one. Thank you again to our guests for joining. For Victoria Cohen, I am Raj Nation. You have been listening to the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast. We will see you next time. But in the meantime, take care and be awesome today. 